Bandwidth for all shows on the Aussie Tech Heads network is supplied by Aussie Tech Heads Web Hosting. For a fast, affordable and reliable Australian server with fantastic support, contact Aussie Tech Heads Web Hosting at aussietechheads.com.au. Aussie Tech Heads, Australia's best hosting service. Welcome to another episode of Aussie Tech Heads. Yes, it's the show that goes through the weekly news from Australia and abroad. Well, you know, if it wasn't for abroad, we'd probably miss out on 90% of the content. But anyway, we try and skew the stories uh, for Aussie, Aussie-grown stories. So we'll see how we go tonight. We've got heaps of them, heaps of stories from everywhere. This is episode 426, and it is recorded on the 26th of February 2015. And uh, how are all going? Another another week, eh? Another week with uh, no cyclones, so that's all good. Uh, uh. Yeah, cyclones messed up uh, central Queensland there, but thankfully we didn't get hardly anything down here in the Goldie, so that's all right. Uh, we got... We got we got a lot of other stuff like rugby league plays and cocaine and all that sort of stuff. Oh, that's so. part of the course up there, mate. Oh, the Gold Coast Suns, standard stuff. Brisbane Broncos, what's going on? It's it's terrible. All right, well let's get into it. And uh, we are brought to you every week by Aussie Tech Heads Web Hosting at athwebhosting.com.au and also scopeiteducation.com.au. But let's have a look in and find out what Eric's been up to. Hi, Eric. What's what have you been up to? Hello, gentlemen. Uh, look, I've been up to my normal. Um, up to my normal, no good. Oh, good. I wouldn't, ex- wouldn't expect anything else. That's right. Uh, <laughs> just been uh, working, getting through some things that have uh, been hanging around for a while, but uh, no yep. complaints. Oh, yeah. Yep. The little jobs, eh? The little jobs that just hang around, you put them off, you put them off, and then yep. one day, it's just like, it's like unsubscribing from all that spam email, isn't it? One day you just go, I'm sick of it. You just go, yep. unsubscribe, unsubscribe, unsubscribe. Got to get it done. Got to get it done. All right, and all the way over there in Perth is Shane. Hey, Shane. Hello, boys. How are we? Oh, yeah, not too bad, thanks. What have you been up to? Uh, not a lot. Same, same dog, different leg. Um, the way I sort of, just to follow on from the unsubscribe thing, the way I usually unsubscribe things, I just change my email address. Oh, um, that's all right. <laughs> but speaking of cyclones, that cyclone, if it actually had hit, that would have hit on your birthday. Ah uh, yes, it was pretty close, wasn't it? It was pretty close, but um, I asked it not to because I wanted to. I, I, went, I went and saw Susie Quattro. That's what my exciting news. How cyclone Susie. Oh, Cyclone <laughs> Susie. She was a cyclone. I don't know if you've ever seen her before, or even not live, or even like her for that matter. Oh, but, I don't um, mind Susie Quattro. She's um, pretty good spirited, not so young lady. Yeah. Oh, look, she was. Uh, you know, I, I bought her. I think. It was my first, like, say, solo cassette that I ever bought when I was, I don't know, eight? Devilgate like Drive, was it? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, that was on it. It was the, her greatest hits back in the... That's, she had her greatest hits back in the 70s, that's right. Uh, but, yeah, look, I tell you, by the end of the night, uh, probably the last five or so songs that she did, I went and saw her at Twin Towns, uh, must have been, what, I don't know, there'd be 2,000 people in the place? Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Uh, the, the last, about the last five, so there was not one person sitting down. It was just, just everyone was up, just dancing, singing, you know. It's pretty energetic for a 61-year-old. 
oh yeah, she's still still doing the scream. You're like, wow. Oh, really? <laughs> I think she said that was her last concert tour because she's retiring. Yeah, that was her last Australian tour. That's right. Yeah, yeah. which is a shame. And but anyway, that's the first time I've ever seen her, and I only got the tickets on the day as well because uh, I thought I'd missed out. And then I thought, oh, you know, I really should go and see her because I've been wanting to see her for a long time. And then, you know, this was my last chance. I thought, I've really got it. So I rang up and uh, fortunately there were some cyclone-affected uh, people and they said, ah, oh, said to Twin Town, see if you can sell me tickets. And so, yeah, that's how I got some tickets. That was great. That was good. All right. So let's get down the Devil Gate Drive. So come on, a US woman sues Lenovo. What a surprise. Hey, what a surprise. What, the, the fact that a, a US person is suing somebody or there's the fact that Lenovo is being sued? Well, the fact that, uh, yeah, the, the, the Lenovo is being sued. We, we mentioned, I think, last week, wasn't it, that, uh, yeah, they've been putting this Superfish virus on their pre-installed. Why are they doing that? Well, they pre-install this software, so you know, in in thirty days, it's it, the hope is that the person who buys the laptop, like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll buy that or something, and it's just all, you know, it's just that's bloatware. That's what the bloatware is all about. Yeah, but it's but it's worse than that, isn't it? It's actually adware. Well, yeah, some of it's. I've turned... actually got a story about it coming up. Oh well, right. you go well, first because I think I, I that's right. I did see your story. Well, that's that's got to be criminal, surely. Well, we'll soon find out. It's uh, because, yeah, well, she's suing Lenovo and Superfish. Superfish was the virus after the... Well, I uh, don't want to make any um, accusations, but Lenovo is Chinese-owned now. Let's just leave it at that. Mm. You, know, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I know where, you, where you're going. I'm yep. picking up what you're yep. putting down. Yep. Now, the, okay. the, the PC maker was found shipping laptops to consumers with the Superfish adware pre-installed. Now, security experts warn that Superfish adware leaves users vulnerable in man or vulnerable to man-in-the-middle attacks via a self-signed root certificate, which could allow a saboteur to intercept users' encrypted SSL connections. That's like that's pretty shocking, eh? Pretty bad. The woman now this is the this is the guts of the of the suit. The woman accused the firms of violating the Californian Invasion of Privacy Act. Uh, federal wiretap law and law and state law governing unfair business competition. So the Electronic Frontier Foundation has published steps to uninstall Supervish. Uh, Lenovo That's stopped shocking. preloading the adware in January. Now, I think Shane's got something about Superfish, haven't yep. you? Just to follow on, um, Lenovo has now since released the tool to help users remove the Superfish. According to a statement based um, a release today by the by the company, and as you said, Superfish's adware program that was pre-installed on Lenovo's consumer PCs and made users vulnerable to attack. The Superfish bug quickly went from bad to worse yesterday when researchers found a pub uh, published a found and published a password that would allow anyone to unlock the certificate authority and bypass the computer's web encryption. Yeah. Um, with, the, with the password and the right software, a person on the same Wi-Fi network as a bug Lenovo um, user could potentially spy on that user or insert malware into the data stream. Uh, the tool allows users to automatically uninstall the Superfish uh, application and remove the certificate from the web browser which previously could only be done manually 
and users with the infected computers will need to uninstall Superfish and remove the certificate in order to completely fix the issue. And just for people um, awareness, Superfish was present on Lenovo laptops sold between September 2014 and January 2015, although Lenovo says no ThinkPads were shipped with the adware. Didn't you buy a Lenovo recently, Glenn? I did. I bought a Yoga 2. And so how's the adware working out for you? Oh, it's great. I'm getting all these emails. I've never, really? never been so popular. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I ran the tool and it, nothing was on my machine. So maybe it might be just US based, which be, you'd be, wouldn't think yeah, so. Wouldn't but, surprise me. Oh, do you reckon? Just yeah. US. Yeah, right. Yeah, but there was nothing on mine, so oh, that, was, that was all right. But for, for their troubles, Lenovo website has been hacked. Uh, potentially revenge for Superfish. Now, we've heard of these guys before, the Lizard Squad. Now, they've claimed credit. They've got on the Twitter and said, yep, that, we'll take that one. That was us. Lenovo said attackers breached the domain name system associated with Lenovo.com and redirected visitors from Lenovo.com to another address. I wonder what the other address was. I wasn't quick enough to have a look. Mm. Probably some porn site or something. But anyway, Lenovo has since released software, oh, as Shane said, to remove the Superfish. Uh, Lizard Squad has taken credit for other uh, high-profile outages, including attacks that took down the Sony PlayStation, Microsoft Xbox Live uh, networks last month. So there, members of the group have not been identified. It's like anonymous. Probably yeah, the same. Yeah. Another brand. Yeah, so uh, that's, that's pretty like, uh, it's karma really, isn't it? Site gets taken down, like Lizard Squad did some karma. Oh, look, someone, it's, there, there are some mysterious people out there who, from time to time, do the right thing. But when you think about, like, you think about what these uh, Anonymous and the Lizard Squad do, you think, these guys must be pretty damn smart. Because this sort of oh, stuff yeah, yeah, doesn't yeah, happen they're, they're every clever, day. Clever guys. Yeah, so they just must be sitting on their, their skills and only bringing them out in, in times of need. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, because you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you know, it's just to be, ta- to, to, to set something in motion so fast after something happens that they didn't like. They go, oh, Lenovo, uh, let's just redirect that domain. You know? Yeah. <laughs> let's just hack into that. Yeah. Sony, oh, let's just hack into all the pay scales and whatnot. And let's, let's just destroy every PC that they've got. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that's the, get the tool. Have you got My a l- day's work is done. Yes. Have you got a link for that uh, tool in your show notes, Shane? I've got a link of some tools, but not that one. <laughs> uh, the story, not the show notes, but in the actual story, there's a link to it. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Well, uh, what else, Eric? Did you? I didn't look. Did you have anything to talk about, or you just? I have a, a couple of unimportant stories. Hmm. Apple stories, as we all know that. I don't like Apple. <laughs> now, apparently, Apple is set to buy a third of the world's gold what? for its luxury, luxury Apple Watch. A third? Uh, a third. Mm. Apple is set to buy... I'll just read this little blurb out here. Apple is set to buy up to one-third of the world's gold in order to meet the demands of the new up, upmarket Apple Watch, according to reports. Yeah, this is where I go a bit funny. When they say according to the, you know, oh, yeah. close to the thing. Yeah, that's Following the prediction of the Wall Street Journal, which is very reputable, Apple that Apple plans to sell 1 million top-of-the-range 18-carat gold Apple Watch editions 
units in a month, so one million a month for the 18 karat gold. That's 12 million a year. The report reveals the massive impact that that would have on the gold market and the world economy. The report in Titbits, when it's a link there through it, crunches the numbers working on the reasonable figure that each gold watch will contain two troy ounces or 62 grams of gold. Based on the estimated sales figure, that means Apple will need 746 tonnes of gold a year, which is about 30% of the world's annual production. So when you do the maths, that means Apple will be buying up nearly 30 billion in gold a year just for one model of the Apple Watch. That would impact the world gold prices and cause havoc with the world economy. There's the Mm. nice little sensationalist (laughs) bloody headline right there. So uh, play havoc with the uh, gold prices by sending them upwards? It would send them upwards, yes. Yeah, right, yeah. So if you're holding gold, you're all right. But Mm. if you want to, you know, and if you want to sell it, you'll do okay. But if... It's going to be expensive to buy it. Yes, yeah. So that's that's. So there's no register, is there, for people that own gold? No, because you can. It's just be like cash, wouldn't it? You just if you got yeah, some gold, you must, just... if it's in your wallet, if you lose it, you lose it. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. You don't. But look, Apple's not stupid. They would have, you know, there's forward contracts on all of these things, um, and they would have probably been, you know, talking to the gold producers, the major ones like De Beers in South Africa. They're the biggest ones. By, and that, the beers were started by a gentleman called Cecil Rhodes, and the state of South Africa called Rhodesia was named after him, which is now Zimbabwe. Yeah, right. So That's a wonder he's still alive. He's not alive. Oh, well, there you go. I said he's in the 1800s, mate. <laughs> okay, Eureka! Um, Adnia is a self-described uh, Adnia is self-described as the leading location intelligence platform. Basically, this is a story about how um, these this particular company uses quadcopters to uh, listen in on and and basically oh. steal Wi-Fi signals and um, GSM mobile phone signals. Basically, these data-driven marketers track mobile phone signals in order to throw hyper-targeted ads in your face. Adnia has been um, using a fleet of quadcopters to spy on people's mobile phone signals, starting in Los Angeles. Uh, the FFA probably isn't going to do anything about it because they're more interested in air safety rather than communication. Uh, Adnia, Adnia has already been using cars, trains, bikes and people on foot to locate wireless devices and to observe consumer behaviour. The Singapore-based company brags that it's already profiled over 530 million users this way in Asia and the company assures everybody, that the wireless data collected is anonymous and does not include phone numbers, call data, or any photography. But if yeah, it's anonymous, how are they targeting the ads? Yeah, exactly. And look, and, and seeing that you're into drones, did you see there's a story, probably not really related, but there's all the, there's been a few unidentified drones flying over Paris of late. They don't know what, who they are, who's controlling them. Apparently, well, a fair you, guess. Yeah, <laughs> apparently you're not allowed to uh, fly drones through Paris overhead over night time, and through the daytime you have to be permitted. But uh, yeah, I don't know where they're coming from or where they return to. But that's interesting. Yeah. All right. So so drones flying around interrupting your mobile signal. Yeah. What? That's, how are they doing? They got jammers on there. Is that what they're doing? No, I think they just got some sort of scanners. But I mean, usually GSM signals are encrypted or. or to some degree, so they'd have to be kind of, um, they'd have to be unencrypting it somehow. Mm. Um, but then, like I said, yeah, they say that it's anonymous, but 
earlier on in the story, they say that they use it to target ads, you know, so you can't have it both ways. But how, like, when it's got here, uh, the place is called Adnir, that's who's running these things. It says, already been used, uh, Adnir has already been using cars, trains, bikes and people on foot to locate wireless devices and to observe consumer behaviour. So, how do they, how are they going to, they have, must have to intercept the, 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 the signal and put their own ad through somehow. I don't understand how they would do that, even if it was on Wi-Fi. Well, if you're connected to some site, what are they going to do? They're just going to just roll an ad over the top of you or something. Yeah. I don't know. Well, maybe they maybe they got some sort of link in with something like Google Ads, so their ads. Oh yeah, if if, yeah, yeah. If they're they're linked up with someone, yeah, I could see that working. Yeah, for sure. All right. Okay, good stuff. Now, where are we? Oh, look, let's, let's have a chat about Tasmania. Tasmania. You have to? <laughs> yes. Oh, look, I thought Tasmania, you get, you get on the news and all this sort of stuff, and it's all, oh, Tasmania, nothing's going on. It's just, you know, people want to get out of there. It's blah, blah, blah. And then you get stories like Tasmanian school among the world's first. Well, not well, Australia's first with the MBM, we all know. But among the world's first, uh, IBM Apple deployment. This would be up your rally, uh, Eric. IBM has revealed Tasmanian School, St. Virgil's College, as the first publicised example in the world of the of its Apple mobility push. Now, IBM... It's only, it's only 550 iPads. Yeah, it's not a lot. Not a lot. No, but it's still the first, first publicised one, so I suppose they've got to kick off somewhere. But IBM has deployed 550 iPads and 900 licences for Fiberlink Ma... S360, well, it's probably MAA, S360, mobile device management software. Uh, software, yeah. Yeah, to cover both the new and okay, existing Okay, so I know what they're doing. It's a, it's a, it's a um, the central, the centralized deployment. Yes. So you could just, some dude behind a keyboard would go, right, I want everyone to have email now. Yes. Press the button and everyone and their iPads automatically get their emails done. That's right, yes. Yeah, centralized deployment. Yeah, and so you, can, you can have that app, but you can't, and you can have that security, and you can't. That's right. Yeah. According to the IBM announcement, the mobile device management software from IBM brand, Fiberlink, yeah, as Eric was saying, allows the school to, uh, administration to centrally provision wireless access, app deployment, email setup, security, and document distribution. Yeah, well, that makes it a lot easier. Oh, I yeah. suppose it, it's yeah. just what they used to They used to do this, well, they probably still do, do this with um, large organisations when they set up PCs and laptops. If you mm. connect it to the network, um, the administrator can pretty much give you access or not. Yeah. And give you apps or not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so it says that uh, St. Virgil has both primary and secondary year pupils and will use the MDM's group management features in order to monitor anything deemed inappropriate and control device settings as appropriate uh, for each student. Very, very oh. good. Hmm. So that's... Uh, so that's uh, Pretty good. So I can't, yeah, because Apple, you wouldn't, you weren't able to do that before, obviously. No, you could, you could on a, at an organisational level. They they had apps specifically for organisations to centrally manage phones and iPads. But this is probably the first school to do it. I would say. Right, right. Rather than the first organisation to do it. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, all right. Now, um, look, I told you we got a lot of stories, so we're going to sort of move through them pretty fast tonight. But you anyway, want me to sidetrack a little bit? You want to know yeah, the sure. biggest gold mines in the world? Yeah, sure. Yep. Do you want to do that? South Africa. Well, said. I'll read it out. Now, starting at number 10, it's a Obasi gold mine in Western Africa, in Ghana. 
at the, at that has a total of 20 million 20 million ounces of gold um, wow. you know total the estimate total this is how much we're going to get out of this mine so what's the uh, um just interrupt what's the price of gold do you know at the moment per ounce? Uh, about let's call it 1100 bucks an ounce that's a lot of money that's a lot of money Ooh, a lot of money uh, number nine new south wales australia Wow. 38 million ounces of gold. Wow. Number eight, South Africa, 39 million ounces of gold in near Johannesburg. Number seven, Dominican Republic, 41 million ounces of gold. Another one in, the, in Mongolia, South Gobi Desert, 46 million ounces of gold. Oh, Central Siberia in Russia, 48 million ounces of gold. Uh, in Uzbekistan, in the Kaiserkum Desert, 50 million ounces of gold. In Lahir, in Papua New Guinea, 64 million ounces of gold. Number two, South Africa, near Johannesburg, called South Deep Mine, 81 million ounces of gold. That's where the most of the gold is. This is per year? No, no, this total. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. Jeez. And the last one, the largest one, it's Indonesia in West, West Papua, which is oh, East Papua, which is part of Indonesia, 106 million ounces of gold. Oh, that's heaps, isn't it? That's a lot. And, and I, thought, I thought WA would have got a mention, but obviously not. Well, they probably, they look, I think WA's got gold, but I don't think they do, you know, 30 million. They might do 10 million, which is still a hell of a lot. Mm, mm. Well, I'll tell you who um, an eBay seller thinks he struck gold because he has landed a contract with Woolworths to uh, for Woolworths to be his distribution channel. Does he, he does he sort of like if you order one laptop, you can you'll get a free bag of berries. Yeah, probably. Awesome, awesome, nice tuna from Taiwan. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so reseller Futu Online, F U T U, has Fu- become. Hey, Futu. <laughs> oh no, Futu Online has become the first technology seller picked by eBay. To have its products available for pickup, more than 90 Woolworths and Big W stores. So the eBay store is one of only a small amount, a handful, that has, have been picked for this click and collect, you know, Woolworths' little click and collect thing, rollout, which will allow customers to pick up Futu online orders from selected Woolworths and Big W stores, starting in Sydney and Tasmania. There it is again. If everything's going on in Tasmania. eBay. There it is, Tassie, map of Tassie eBay touted the arrangement as the ultimate in shopping convenience at the local Woolworths. Well, so you're online, let's call it. You're online. You think, oh, yeah, I like that. I'll get that delivered. And it says, where would you like to collect it? And you go click, and they say, well, that'll be 10 bucks, bloody freight. Great. Yeah. Pick your Woolly store. And it goes, right, it's been delivered to Woolly store. And you sit there and go, oh, I've got to get, off. I've got to get out of the house now. I want it delivered to me because I don't have time. Well, That's yeah. the whole point of online shopping. <laughs> when you're time poor... You don't want to get leave the house and line up at Woolies mm. with every other mug mofo <laughs> picking up their groceries. So, yeah, so, I'm never going to use that. So, but I don't like. So he's still got this guy Futu. So he's still got to go say to his local Woolies, and then Woolies have got to pick it up, put it onto one of their trucks, and then be the courier system. So, yeah, well, see, I don't know. I don't know if it's. I don't know how that's going to work as far as how it's going to get to Woolies. Obviously, he's got. He wouldn't be holding the stock, right? He'd be a, a, a uh, might be, I want to buy a Lenovo from Futu, mm. and he'll order it direct from Lenovo, and maybe Lenovo delivers it to Woolies. Yeah, yeah. And it tells you that it's here now, 
go and get it at Woolies and line up with every other mofo sucker who's well, up there. eBay picked Futu online because of their high standards of customer service, including the offer of zero to one day handling and free. Oh, yeah, look, that's, and it's probably good. Futu will probably be very good, but when it gets to Woolies, it's out of your control, mate. Yes. Once it gets there, you can't control how slack Woolies is going to be. No, well, anyway, so um, the Futu online eBay store lists laptops from Asus, Toshiba, Sony, HP, Lenovo, and tablets from Microsoft, Sony, HP, and others. Uh, so they say that they, they also list desktops and blah, blah, blah. eBay estimates that 91% of Australians live within 10 kilometres of a Woolworths store. So, uh, let me just check that. Woolies, where's my nearest Woolies? Yep, yep, correct. Yeah. I've got two. There's, you? There's two in Rabina in the same shopping centre. There's two. Okay, one. what about you, Shane? No, there's one, no. In, one in his fingernail. <laughs> no, I've probably got one, two, I've probably got about two within 10Ks, yeah. Oh, okay. oh within 10Ks? Yeah, I'd have heaps. Oh, I'd have, oh, geez, I'd have one. They're going up everywhere. I'd have probably four. Yeah, oh, easy. Okay, and I still don't like shopping at them. No, I'd have, I'd, I could easily count five. And, and probably more. So but anyway, um, products from eBay sellers delivered via the stores must be less than 16 kilograms in weight and 50 centimetres by 40 centimetres in size. But Oh, that, yeah, that's fairly, that's a big whack. I mean, 16 kilos. Mm. It's a big computer. It's massive. That's eight laptops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's not too bad. But, but individually. But yeah, I'm, I think, I've, like you, Eric, I think, yeah, you buy online, you want it delivered to your door. I can't see real, what is the advantage. Is there an advantage to... Picking it up at Woolies. I don't know. I think it's just um, more more handling. Wouldn't it be better if the guy picked it up at Lenovo and delivered it straight to your door? There's less handling because you pick it up at Lenovo, it goes straight in the truck. You know, all the handling, all the steps. Now there's one extra step because it goes to Woolies. They've got to unpack it. They've got to put it on a pallet, roll it out the back somewhere. Some idiot will drop it and, tell her, and then tell you it, was, it arrived that way. Hmm. And then you've got to think, oh, God, I've got no time to go to Woolies now. Because I've got this on, I've got that on, and you know, and then you get there. The only time mm. you've got is Thursday night, and then that's the busiest time. Mm. And it's just—I just think it's a big palaver. Just get it delivered straight to your door. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure like what the advantage would be. I don't be. see the advantage of it. I really don't. Unless the the postage or the cartridge for the consumer is going to be a lot less than whatever that you normally. Well, how much less would it be? If oh, if, yeah. if everyone is within, is most people are within ten k's of a Woolies. In, How much are you really saving? The nearest one to me is probably two k's away. How much yeah. freight am I really saving? You might what? You'll chop a dollar off the price. Yeah, well, what? Get a laptop sent up from, say, well, from Sydney to Goldie or reverse or to Perth. It, uh, probably what? Fifteen dollars. Fifteen dollars. So Something okay, like because I, I'm they have to travel a kilometre less. They're going to what? Shave two bucks off it. But, yeah, but I don't know. Don't I don't know. know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah. know the advantage. I'm 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 not convinced. Hmm. Hmm. But anyway, that's what that's what Woolies are up to. Yes, good on you, Woolies. Good on good on them. Good on them. Now, here's one here. Object Consulting has a system called Pexa. This is interesting, Eric. This is probably probably more interesting to you than uh, than Shane. Than anyone else. <laughs> Go on. Oh, I found it interesting. That's why I picked it. Uh, reportedly, this this software system Pexa reportedly costing a hundred million dollars to develop, and will be a world first. Once it is rolled out nationally. Now, what is it? I hear you asking. It is a $100 million software home buying system. 
So the goal has been likened to what the ASX did for share markets with PEXA aiming to remove manual paperwork from property exchanges. Oh, okay. It's a settlement system. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So reducing delays and stress for home buyers and sellers during the settlement. That's not too much stress, is there? Oh, mate. No, no, it's not. The stress... The stress in buying a house is selling your own, yeah, finding one, finding one before settlement of your place. Yes, and then then that then that's all out of the way. Then it's, then the, it's the lawyers who try to agree to a settlement date and mm. try to get the banks lined up on the same. So look, we want to settle the fifteenth Tuesday, three p.m. And all parties have got to line up their banks and their lawyers, and they all. Actually, literally, I don't know. They meet. used to physically actually exchange, like they yes. meet. I think they still do. I think they might still do that. How yeah. ridiculous is that? Yeah. That they'd meet and go, right, well, here's my sign. Here's my client signed contract. I go, well, there's my client signed contract. Let's exchange. Let's take photocopies. Let's yeah. have whatever. When I worked for the bank, I used to, be, I used to do that. Back well, there the, you go. Do the settlement exchanges. And I used to, you'd get there and, and some of the documents used to be wrong. And like the solicitors is HR. But you say, yeah, oh, oh, yeah, you can't, hate you. you can't settle. You you didn't tick that box. Yeah. And you can't tick it. It has to be like crossed. No, you can't tick it because it's something. already been signed. It's, it's got to be initialed. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And you're like, you know, you've got the, everyone's ready to go. Everyone's got their documents and everything. And there's all checks drawn up for, you know, like $300,000 or whatever. And you go, yeah, yeah, this one goes here, bank checks galore. Or this day, it's probably yeah. EFT transfers lined up, ready to go. Yeah, just say, sorry. Can't do it. Oh, yeah, the solicitors used to crack it. But what can you no, do? Still a bank and then they charge you for the mistake they made. <laughs> oh, probably. Well, not if you got a good one. No, not if you get it right. Not if you got mm. a good one. Um, yes, yeah, so anyway. But this could work. Yes. So anyway, this. Uh, so where was I up to with that? Uh, yeah, so this month it became possible to conduct online property transfer in Victoria. So the platform is also live in New South Wales, with full functioning coming in May for Queensland and Western Australia. The Victorian launch make, marks a huge milestone in PEXA, becoming the first truly national online property exchange and settlement platform in the world, says the Chief Executive Officer, Marcus Price. So that's pretty cool, in the world. That's good, in the, in, in in the, the world. In the world. Hello, world. Now, Object Consulting, who is the uh, creator of PEXA, which is also performing a national rollout of Microsoft Dynamics CRM to 450 mortgage choice franchises. And the firm also earned the crown Microsoft Worldwide Cloud Partner of the Year for small business. There you go. So they're rolling out a $100 million system and they're still classified as a small business? Would that be right? No, no for small business. Software for a small business. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. At Microsoft World Partner Conference in Washington, D.C., so they're, 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 yeah, they're uh, kicking goals, aren't they? They're good on them. Mm, well yeah. done. Yeah, so I had a look at the Pex's website. It's nice, clean, just as you would expect from a very uh, uh, litigious sort of a site can be. Oh, um, that looks like an insurance website. Yeah, and it's got some prices on there for <laughs> the certain documents and so forth. So I, I guess being electronic, it might help make the, the documents more... Um, uh, probably not more expensive, but you know, probably about the same amount, enough for them to take a little bit of cream off. But uh, yeah, well, that's it. You'll still get charged fifteen hundred bucks, but they're going to make a couple of hundred more, which is fine. I don't give a care. I don't, as long as the cost to me doesn't go up, I don't care what they make. Yeah, so you, you got to look around, haven't you, for for your settlement people, and you got to cross your lawyers. And, what did yeah. you pay for your settlement, your last property? Uh, Can you remember four ninety five. Four ninety five for a sale. Oh. Hey, what did you pay, Shane? 
mine was about I I use the same settlement agent on my house as well as this house. And right, I think it was that again. You did what? I had the same settlement agent for my old place as well as the new place. Yeah, the same lawyer that's selling and buying at the same. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they charged me eight hundred bucks for one and twelve hundred for the other, so about two grand all up. Wowzers! Well, I beat you all. <laughs> I How paid much? six thousand dollars. Oh man, what sort of searches did you do? Everything? Oh, mate, I reckon I searched up everyone's cracker. <laughs> you must have six grand. Here I am, did one for five hundred. I know. <laughs> 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 Just a half a hungy. <laughs> yeah, well, look, if, if I'll, t- I'll tell you who it was if anyone's interested because, look, I, I rang around and, you know, and did all the due diligence and uh, I-, I sort of was half tempted to go with, you know, you get these settlement settlement uh, offices or settlement firms that just do settlements. Yeah. And, uh, that, you know, I rang one, you know, and she was 800. I rang a solicitor. He was 1,000. So this is sale only, sell only. And I thought, you know, that's, that's up there, isn't it? Like, I'm only doing a sale. Like, mm. what's the big deal here? So I kept ringing around and got this. Uh, oh, there was also some <laughs> real cheap ones. Like, there's a place called Top Gun. Top Gun. <laughs> Top Gun. Yeah, always go for the middle one, don't yeah. you? Never go for the cheap one, never go for the expensive one. But they one. had a couple of little uh, add- add-ons, you know. So if their settlement wasn't held in Brisbane, like, yeah, right, as if it probably would be. Yeah, uh, like it would be. Who, then, who buys anything in Brisbane? Yeah, so then there's extra fees for the little little girl to run from here to there, you know. But, <laughs> but in anyway, anyway, I uh, went to, uh, I found this mob and it was from Slater and Gordon. They own this okay. conveyancing thing. I thought, you know, conveyancing. So you you used Julia Gillard's old law firm. It was that them, was it? Yes, mate. Oh, shame on you. I did. I shame, did. Shame, shame, shame on you. <laughs> I did. I helped. I helped uh, prop them up a bit. But anyway, but you know, they were good. And I thought I'm going to go with these guys. They weren't the cheapest. They weren't the dearest. But they were at the right price. Five or four ninety five or something. One fee. Blah blah blah. And it was uh, no more to pay. And they and if something goes wrong, you know, you've got the backing. Of, yeah, big of firm. The, that's right. And so, Agreed. like, if, yeah. So well, they've got a massive conveyancing area, I think. I, I don't mm. think she used it for Bruce Wilson when she was there, but obviously you did. Yeah. <laughs> and there's no shame, no shame involved. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you why mine was so expensive. Because the first one, remember, I had my house on the market and the agent was such a. Oh, a, yeah. Yeah. Complete knob rot. And, <laughs> but because the solicitor had done all the work, she had to charge me. So that was two grand, right? So that was that. Paid that at the time when we cancelled the auction. Oh, jeez, yes. And then we went buying and selling. Two grand for the buying, two grand for the selling. Mm. All up, 6000 mm. That's a lot, eh? Not nice. No. Not nice. That's a that lot. That was a very expensive day. You would have been crying just about. Oh, yeah. yeah. Then I got the movers came and that was four and a half. Yeah. And then, um, and the, uh, and then my, and the, the, the power board blew up when I was, you know, within the, that day, got an electrician in, emergency electrician in, changed the power board, rewired the place, two and a half. Mm. Mm. Uh, what else happened? All right, let's talk about kids learning IT. Now, scopeiteducation.com.au, they're all about doing all that sort of stuff. Kids today are engrossed with technology, often spending excessive hours behind their screens. The guys at Scope IT Education aim to not fight that war. Oh, they don't want to fight that war. They instead aim to change those hours into productive hours. They turn consumers into creators. And like, there was a little story about a kid, uh, seven years old. She was um, creating apps. Great. Uh, Scope IT Education is a teaching organisation that provides 
curriculum-based technology training to primary age students. Predominantly, lessons are done within the school system with refined, professionally developed courses that align with and complement current state and national outcomes. The course range is vast with classes in introductory coding skills with process-based logical thinking, app development, website design, digital citizenship, Google research, and now even 3D printing, electronics, and robotics. Our kids are going to be super smart. Of course, all their courses are fun and engaging. They carefully combine this with specific outcomes to help shape our children's education for the future arming them with the technology skills they need in the world they grow up in tomorrow. If you think this sounds interesting, they have franchise businesses, believe it or not, opportunities for anyone feeling that this product sounds intriguing, or if you would like to know more information as a teacher or principal, check out the website at scopeiteducation.com.au. And I'll tell you what, they're, they're uh, busy little beavers. They're at it everywhere. Okay, so thanks to scopeiteducation.com.au, the good sponsors of the show. All right. Let's uh, see where we're up to now. Let's go. What about you, Shane? You got another story? Yep, I got one more to go. Although I just want to do a little anecdote thing that's kind of related to what you just spoke about. Yes. There's, um, you know, Twitch, the streaming service that mainly where people watch other people play games, like watching Paint Try. Yes. Um, they've got like a little another kind of section where you actually watch people code. Um, and like so it's live streaming. Uh, they've got like a back catalogue, so you can actually go in there and do searches for particular languages you want to learn, that sort of thing, or you've just got the luck of the draw and you go onto the site and listen to or watch whatever's happening. Yeah. So I, I jumped on there. I think it's called um, watchpeoplecode.com. Not oh. a lot of imagination went into the URL. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, this guy was you know, doing some sort of Android app and he was having trouble with the dialing out function and the only, the only issue that I have with it, not from a me watching point of view but them being watched is obviously you kind of forget that you're, you're sharing your, your stuff out to the world Yes. and um, you know, occasionally you, you'd see his like, special token that he got from Google and all that oh, kind of stuff so yeah. that's a little bit dangerous. Yeah, you do. You got to be careful when you do any stream anything or record anything because you just don't know what's happening. And even if you, you might be, you might have joined on a on a podcast like these guys have with me, and I might say, "Ah, oh, yeah, I've stopped," but I could still be recording. So you st- you got to be very careful. You got to trust the person that you are that you've hooked up with. Uh, yes, indeed, indeed. Now, it's just a funny one. We had one of these last year, I think, or not too long ago. But a police department pays a ransom for crypto locker infection. So the police department in Chicago has paid an unknown hacker $500 to regain access to data after, he, after their computer was crypto-locked. That's pretty funny. Yeah, um, well, some people are idiots. Yeah, Speaking well, of idiots. <laughs> you can't get it back, yeah? Can't, but no, not really idiot. I just, I just saw this story now, so it's late-breaking. Uh, go, go to the bottom of my notes, Glenn, if you want, and there's a little picture in there you might want to show up on screen if you can. Uh, man installs giant flight simulator in home. Fasten your seatbelts and return your tray tables to their upright positions in preparation for landing this unique property. This huge four-bedroom home in Melbourne what? comes complete with backyard, backyard pool and spa, 15-seat home theater, and a life-size flight simulator. Wow. Is that the only picture or is there more? That's the only picture. That is pretty wicked. That's good, right? He put it in for his son's 21st birthday. 
Oh, he's got so his son's not spoiled. Daddy, I want a Ford yeah. simulator. <laughs> he's got shit chairs, though. I oh, know they're crappy chairs. You've got to yeah. get some Recaro seats in there, mate. Oh, have heard of that. And, uh, yeah. and zoom in on the poxy <laughs> little phone in the console there. Can you see that? Oh, I don't know if I can. Where's the phone? Oh, down there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is poxy. What is right? that? I mean, obviously everything still works, but hey, dude. On flight deck, they don't have the little. They don't have that little uni den in its little cradle there. Yeah, look at that. That's rubbish. That's crap. But yeah, but that, other than that, it looks pretty good. That's pretty good. So yeah. late breaking. There you go. Yeah, it looks pretty good. All right, now let's go back. Oh, let's go back right to the top here. Oh, are they? All, you got more stories, Eric? I got lots of stories. Oh, okay. Well, we'll I'll quickly get through some of mine then. Uh, so YouTube, happy birthday, ten years. Wow. I wonder I what the owners of YouTube are doing. They got paid how many billions of dollars? Oh, one and a half or something. Just one... pass me another margarita, I say. <laughs> I reckon. Ten years, like, although it's obviously worth, oh, what would you, you probably couldn't put a price on it now, could you? It'd be hard to value YouTube, I think, at this point. Yeah, I think it'd be unvaluable. But it must be, you have to say it would be, you'd have to value well, it Look, somehow. there'd have to be a value on it. Google would know what the value is. Yeah. Yeah. They know what they make out of it. Yeah. But anyway, 10 years ago, on 14th of February 2005, YouTube.com was registered. The first video uh, was uh, a 19-second video of the creator, Jawad Karim. He stood in front of some elephants at San Diego Zoo. So 10 <laughs> years later, and uh, $1.65 billion richer. <laughs> He's probably on the beach, yeah, just uh, stroking his uh, moustache. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, stroking the hair in his ears. Now, he's, it boasts well over 1 billion active users who, between them, upload over 300 hours of new content every minute. 300 hours of content every oh, minute. How, what, how big would their servers be? Massive. Massive servers. Massive. And YouTube views in 2011. Now, I'm sorry that this is an old stat. I just went and got some stats for you, though. But in 2011, one trillion YouTube views. Videos views per day, four billion. Mm. Hours watched video per month, six billion hours per God, month. God, get off the computer and go to bed. Oh, isn't that just crazy? <laughs> like, um... Yeah, that's crazy. And uh, also, just as a, an added story, Google is going to launch a YouTube for Kids app. Now, this oh, is really yeah, it's quite uh, weird how this is so or how it's it's entering the world, how it's being born into the world. But it's uh, it's it's only going to be available on Android, and at the moment, it's only in the US. So it's I don't know why they're not going to push this around the world straight away. Why just on Android? Oh, well, I know why on Android. I know. That's perfect. I know why they're doing it on Android. Because they want kids. You know, at that age when they start wanting phones, right? What's yeah. that? Year six, year seven? Yeah. They want them to get hooked on that app, and they, then they have to buy an Android phone and not an Apple phone. But wouldn't Apple or someone just make an app for the iOS? Well, it's got to, they've got to get the API from Permission. Google to do that. And if they're launching it on... Um, Android only, they're not releasing the API to anyone else, then got mm. yourself, get yourself an Android phone if you want to watch Bruttube for kids. The, the uh, Apple runs separately to the, the main YouTube service. 
The parental controls will include the ability to limit the amount of time children can spend watching the videos, as well as a tool allowing the search function to be switched off. Uh, YouTube Kids will have channels and playlists organised into four categories, shows, music, learning, and explore. Users will be able to search for individual topics. So that's all right, but it's uh, Android only and US only. The app will be free. So well, Of course. Good on them. Good on them. Now, sticking with Google, uh, Google Machine learns to master video games. A machine has taught itself how to play and win video games. So the computer, now we've had the computer that has beaten the person at chess, Yuri, yes. Yuri Yukusnov or whatever his name was, and <laughs> <laughs> whatever it is, Mr. Snuffleupagus. And he, uh, but what, apparently what the difference is, is in that, in that particular instance, the computer was pre-programmed, like with all the chess moves in the world, or, you know, all the poss- poss- possibilities. So it was a no-brainer that the computer was going to beat this guy. But the difference with this, appar- this one, apparently, this machine, the computer program, which was inspired by the human brain, learned how to play 49 classic Atari games. Uh, in more than half, it was good or better than a professional human player. Now, researchers from the Google Deep Mind said that this was the first time a system had learned how to master a wide range of complex tasks. Now, uh, it says here, how does it say, how does it do it? It says the only information we gave the system was the raw pixels on the screen and the idea that it had to get a high score and everything else it had to figure out for itself. So that's pretty cool. The, the team presented the machine with 49 different video games, ranging from classics such as Space Invaders, Pong, uh, boxing, tennis games, and the 3D challenge car racing Enduro. In 29 of them, it was, it was comparable to or better than a human game tester. For video pinball, boxing, and breakout, its performance exceeded the professionals, but it struggled with Pac-Man, uh, Private Eye, and Montezuma's Revenge. So there you go. They're coming to get us. Why not? They're coming to get us. Um, any comments? Everyone happy with that? Google? I've got one more Google story, and then we can move off. Uh, Google Street View, for those of interested. Ever want to know what Greenland looks like? Not really. No, but you should have a look. It's very, very nice. Okay. Go- yeah, well, Google, have a look. Google has extended Greenland. its Street View feature to take in the scenes of the very sparsely populated, populated Greenland. Is it cold up in Greenland? I think it might be. I think it's pretty cold. Yeah, it would be. Mm. Actually, this is. I thought. I thought when I was reading this story, I think this your ancestors might have come from Greenland, Eric. Why? Well, I'll I'll tell you in a sec. The uh, the internet giant has published. In, uh, well, Google has published immersive images of some of the island's most impressive landscapes. Now, don't ask me to pronounce these correctly, but including the Aleutiat Ice Ford and the Nutokwak Harbour. That sounds like that language, you know, where they just click like. Yeah, the African language. Yeah, that's, that's probably how you'd say it. And the harbour. The images are immersive, meaning that the user can rotate them in any direction. Another way of... Another was of Brata... Brata... Hild. <laughs> the settlement founded by Eric the Red. That must have been him. Eric the Red, spelt like was he, he a, too. Was he a commo? Oh, he was, he was the first Viking who set up the first Viking colony on, uh, colony on Greenland. Eric the Red was a Norwegian who does I know I know why he said that now. <laughs> Eric the Red was a Norwegian who discovered Greenland after being banished from Iceland. It wasn't he probably was in Iceland. This place isn't cold. Are you kidding me? I said, get out of here. Get you're banished. You're in Iceland. You mongrel. He said to have spread the word 
of the the great green land among people living in Iceland on his return in 985. Some Icelanders sub- subsequently made the trip and decided to settle in Greenland. His son, Leif Erikson, later, vo- later voyaged to North America 500 years before Christopher Columbus. There you go. There's a little history lesson on Greenland. Thank you. And Eric's family tree. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> All right. I can't get street view on Greenland. Can't you? No. Do you notice something? Here's a little little funny thing. Mm. Greenland has more ice than Iceland, and Iceland has more green grass than Greenland. You know that? Yeah, right. Have a look at the map. It's the it's the global warming. It's stuffed yeah, it must everything. be. Yeah, it's used stuffed. to be the other way around twenty <laughs> yeah. years ago. Stuffed what everything. What a crap! No, <laughs> Iceland has is less ice than Greenland. Greenland's got more ice than Iceland. Hmm. And, and look, just before like I finish off, I know I've gone through them, but before we get on to Eric's uh, little hoard, uh, David Tootie, surprise, surprise resignation from Telstra. I think I Was heard... it a surprise, though? Thody. Tody? Tootie? Thody. 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 T-H. Th. Th. Thody. Thody. Yeah, he's 60. He's obviously retiring, is he? 60 years well, old. Well, he'll be having... Having well, you, a break, possibly. You don't think it was a surprise? You, you were. I don't know. I think it might have been well, pretty well planned. Oh, okay. Oh, like as a succession, not as in boot. succession. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Qantas, they had a uh, a profit. I hear. Yeah, we'll see how long that lasts. Move on. Mm. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Exactly. I was just brought that. I wasn't going on about that. Now, oh, look, Shane's got another story, has he? Yes, he has. Yeah, I do. Pardon? Yeah, I do, yeah. It was my fault, though. I kind of went off on my own little tangent. That's all right. You better tell us your metadata matters. Yes. Police insider slams proposed metadata laws. The government has been trying to push the ability to keep our metadata for two years, claiming it is necessary for national security. Critics argue that it would be a massive privacy breach, but the government believes that it is necessary to protect Australia. A recent essential, essential poll has shown that 40% of Australians support the introduction to the new metadata laws, while 44% do not. That leaves a big chunk of people who don't care. Don't know um, or don't care. Or don't yeah. understand, yeah. Uh, even Telstra has labelled the storage of the data as a honeypot for hackers. Uh, speaking on Radio what National's Tel- download uh, this show... Is Telstra saying that their systems are easily hacked? No, he's saying that keeping the data is yeah. just a... But the way that reads, Telstra... Because yeah. Telstra say Telstra are going to be the ones that are storing this data, right, for two years. But Telstra has labelled the storage of the data as a honeypot for hackers. So what are they saying? That yes. The, you, know what you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry, keep going. Uh, yeah, speaking on the, that radio show, one police insider revealed the flaws in the proposed system... There are only three different justifications where we have to access metadata. If someone's life is being threatened, protection of government income and an investigation of crime punishable by at least two years in prison, which is where the flaw comes in, because um, crimes punishable by two years in jail can be for things like graffiti, um, so meaning that pretty much any crime they can pull out the law saying, well, we're going to look at you know, your metadata for the last two years because you've just scribbled on that wall over there. Uh, he goes on to acknowledge that, they, that the telcos and internet providers aren't keen on the program, claiming it's going to cost them uh, time and, and data and all that kind of stuff to, to keep it and manage it. 
Um, and it's data needed by police, not the telcos themselves. Basically, the telcos and the ISPs have to keep data that they're not really going to use. Um, it's only for, obviously, other people like the police and other authorities to use it. The extra costs will all obviously be passed on to uh, consumers. Now, the thing that I find strange, right? So, well, so before we do that, what's your opinion? Uh, should, should they keep, be allowed to keep it or not? Shane? Mm. I think they. I think we need some sort of law, but just tighten up the regulations around it. Like if, like that, you know, glaring loophole where, mm. you know, someone can have metadata kept on them just because they scrolled on a wall. That's a bit stupid. And uh, Eric, what's your view on that? Um, I'm sort of with Shane because obviously they need um, some metadata to stop terrorists and criminal gangs, all that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, in order to, but I would, I would keep it the way it is now but have very strong ability to um, bug phones, for example, mm. and bug. If, someone's, if you suspect someone, get a warrant from a judge to say, right, you can, you can tap into his IP address, his phone, his GPS, whatever. But that won't give you a history, though. Oh, I reckon once they're in, you could probably get a history. Once, if, someone mm. can, if the NSA can break into your computer, your history's all there. Yeah, like now with that story, Shane, you put up a little graphic. Uh, was now this is like why metadata matters. Now I just read that while you were speaking, and I think that's probably not the best graphic to put up because what I don't want anyone to know. Even though you're right, Glenn. Uh, even though the, what you don't know what was said, the fact that someone knows someone rang a sex service mm. for eighteen minutes. Okay, you don't know what I talked about. Well, duh. What do you think I talked about? Economy. <laughs> but but what I what I where I was going with the 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 wrong sort of like this it says here. This is why metadata matters, and it's a, a little graphic that was up here with the story. Uh, point point one. They know you rang a phone sex service at two twenty four a.m. and spoke for eighteen minutes, but they don't know what you talked about. Well, well existing phone records will tell you that, so they don't need metadata for that. Yeah. They know you called a suicide prevent. Stop there because you called. So phone records, they don't need metadata for that. That's right. And then, but see, the thing is, right, it's just prevention. They call a, a suicide prevention hotline from the Golden Gate Bridge, but the topic of the call remains a secret. <laughs> oh, come on. What do you think you talked about? You talked about... I'm going to Australia. I'm going to jump, to and jump. they talked you out of it. That's what you talked about. Yeah. You didn't talk about, so how are you going? Where are you calling from? Oh, the bridge. <laughs> What's it like up there? How's What's it, it like? How's the view? Is it windy? Is it raining? Are you okay? Do you need an umbrella? He goes, yeah, no, I'm, I'm thinking of going to Australia to jump off the Sydney Harbour Bridge. <laughs> yeah, then you up. ring up an HIV testing service, then your doctor, then your health insurance company. I think we can join the dots here. Yeah, but I mean, uh, just strangely enough, all those points are... Co- uh, are available on your phone uh, record. Exactly, and which you don't... What I think they could get different sort of thing. It's more In about other words, the websites. metadata's already been kept. Let's face it, well, because otherwise, phone. that's how they create the phone records. Yeah, well, yeah, well, they, that's right. That's look, I, I don't. I, I'm probably with you guys as long as it's done properly. And you know, like the government, is, no one's going to sit down and just go, "Oh, Eric, let's have a look at what he's been up to." You know, it's only if your name pops up to the top of the list and they go, "Yeah, this guy, yes, um, okay, look, let's, face let's see it. what they've he's got, up to." They've got surveillance out there, and they're listening to chatter. How do you think they catch all these um, so-called criminals or? gangs or or terrorists or whatever they you know suddenly someone's getting raided and arrested because they wanted to behead someone because they're listening in yeah people you know the 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 security surveillance guys they've got complete access to all the airwaves 
24 hours a day. Have you mm. ever watched Person of Interest, that show? No. Watch no. that, and you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, look, I, I, I think as I, I don't have a big problem with it. I know some people do. I don't particularly have a big problem. I, look, I don't have it. a problem with the metadata on my phone, but I, I, think, um, I don't think that they should leave people on, on their internet connections alone. I think they should just, I think that's out of bounds. Yeah, but it's only for held for, what, two years? And it's not as if, like, uh, I suppose if you got in trouble, Eric, like you got in some, I don't know, f- tax fraud trouble or something, <laughs> then <laughs> would, you know, would, even that, that's probably not really the grounds to go back through your metadata. I think it should only be used if you if there are investigating. Uh, uh, They've got to have a strong case. Yeah, and not just a fishing expedition. That's no. Got, that's got to be a strong yeah, that's case. That's the problem. Until mm. the law is... Is you know in the the first um, version of the law might be a little bit loose, so they start abusing it, and then it takes a while before it gets tight enough for people to go right. I can I can feel comfortable with that now. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, and you've got another story, Eric. Why are you there? Yes. Yes. What have you got? Yeah, we've talked about the Apple Gold. Yes. Now, next one is Apple expands its uh, watch marketing efforts with a multi-page spread in Vogue magazine. Ooh. So it says here, Apple appears to be gearing up for a big marketing push for the Apple Watch ahead of its April launch, featuring the device on several magazine covers. The Apple Watch made its US magazine cover debut earlier this month in the March issue issue of Self and also being featured in a multi-page spread in the March issue of Vogue. Go and have a look at the pictures. They're all there. Nice. Hang on. I'm going to try. There we go. Making it look very nice there. Wow, well, very Apple sparse, isn't very, it? Very, uh, you know, and... luxurious-y, you know. Yeah. The proper magazine to probably have it in, I would say. Yeah, speaking of Vogue, reminds me of Madonna. See her fall at the summer yeah, of fell over. Getting oh. old, get that wheelchair out, love. <laughs> oh, but she fell backwards. Fell on she... her ass, I know. Yeah, it's one that she didn't break her hip or something. Poor <laughs> 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 oh, Madge. Come on, Madge, get it together. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said right. now, one, one more Apple story, else. Yeah. or maybe two more. Uh, China is officially blacklisting Apple, Cisco, and other U.S. tech companies. The news agency obtained a list of Chinese central government's approved technology vendors and found that major U.S. companies, including Apple, uh, Cisco, have been removed entirely since the Edward Snowden since Edward Snowden disclosed that the NSA routinely accessed U.S. company data and hardware to spy on adversaries. So they're a bit paranoid that uh, NSA have got their hooks into the Cisco routers, which we know they have, yeah. and Apple and some others. Yes. Well, that's uh, so, so blacklisting. I don't know what they're going to do about that. No. So what blacklisting, so China, so blacklisting. So as, as, as suppliers, so maybe the government's not going to buy Apple iPhones for their government officials, for example. Or they're not going to use Cisco routers. It's not going to affect what the public do. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because Apple's just got in there, haven't they? Because they're selling billions of phones in China. Yeah. Yeah. Then I think they're number one. They just they went gangbusters. It just means that the uh, the the Premier Wang, whatever his name is, won't be getting an iPhone anytime soon. Unfortunately <laughs> for him. Fortunately for him. Now, what's this one you got here about Mercedes Benz? Well, they're saying here that the Mercedes Benz chairman is not losing sleep over. Apple designing its own car. He compares it to if, you know, car people decided to make a smartphone. No one would butt an eyelid. He says here that it happens each time there is talk, Apple is preparing to enter a new product category. Industry leaders issued a standard statement 
that they're unfazed by potential Apple competition because one, Apple makes computers, and two, this is their turf, their expertise. Goes on to say, so they're basically saying, look, you know, the Mercedes-Benz have been making cars for over a hundred years, so Apple, you know, they're newbies into this game. Mm. However, the last um, last line it says, for the record, GM, mean General Motors, GM's former CEO didn't look both ways before crossing the street either. In other words, uh, he he lost lost focus, lost the ball, and they went broke. Mm. Because he, he, they got cocky. They thought, ah, yeah, don't worry about it. We can keep building V12 gas guzzlers that do yeah. one mile to the gallon. Yeah. Don't worry. What do you and reckon? They, you know, and they fell, they fell behind. So that's the warning. That's the warning. If you could caption that photo, what do you reckon? Which one? That photo there? Yeah, of the. You know what that is? Meh. Yeah, I reckon he, he could be saying, yeah, well, mine's this big. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> My salary's that big. That's what he could be saying. All right. Okay. Any more, Eric? No, that's it. I'm done. That's it. You're done. Stick a fork in you. You are yeah, done. All right. Good stuff. And Shane, you're done? No, we're done. You're good. Uh, you got any comments on anything? Nothing? You got them all out of the way? You, Shane? Yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah, good. Lovely. Yeah, I'm just writing a little email to MBN. Oh, when hey, they... you, you go. That'll, that'll get returned. Mail a demon. Start. Can no, I actually just CC me that? I'll just use the same words. <laughs> no, um, the guy, a guy at work, he, according to the map, he's in the green bit as well, and he, but he'd been in the green bit for a while, so he contacted them and said, you know, how long am I going to be in the green bit for? Because everywhere else has now just gone green, and they wrote back saying, no, you're not green, you're in the brown bit now. But the map wasn't up. Brown bit. I think yeah. the whole of Australia's in the brown with the <laughs> with the yeah. MBN <laughs> in the brown pit. <laughs> But yeah, so it looks like that map might not be actually up to date. Well, they should update it. It's stupid. Yeah. Well, I saw Turnbull in the Parliament today saying how many houses it's crossed and how many houses it's going to cross, but it's not crossing my path. But then you look at the map and it's not updated. Why doesn't he put it in Wentworth, Eric? Why is he looking after the his constituents? Well, you can't do that because then he's going to be accused of playing favourites. Well, Trigg does it. Who? <laughs> that Trigg woman. Yeah, but she's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, right, we could just we could get get started all the, all the time, couldn't we? Good. <laughs> all right, let's get out of here. All right, so uh, thanks to uh, everyone. Thanks, Shane. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for giving yeah, no us worries. your time and your stories. You too, Eric. Thanks for coming no in worries. and your, Thank you, sir. Uh, delivering us your views and uh, reviews of the week. That's great. So, all right. So, don't forget the Aussie Max Zone, uh, the podcast that's also on iTunes and all good podcatchers everywhere. YouTube, there's uh, you can find us at uh, youtube.com forward slash Aussie Tech Eds, facebook.com forward slash Aussie Tech Eds. You can email us, first name at aussietechheads.com.au. Don't forget the aussietechradio.com. Uh, that is, that's been going good. A lot of people from all around the world listen to that. And it's, uh, it, it seems to be growing. So it's, it's good. It's great. It's, um, I don't know what's, oh, to give you an idea, uh, I think the band, the bandwidth's up to something like about four gig a month. So what's that's that? For the radio, the Aussie Tech Radio. Good stuff. So that's good. For something that's sort of just there, you know, and you can, and if you've got a shoutcast play, you might just stumble across it or whatever. Uh, so yeah, so that's great. All right, good stuff. So thanks to athwebhosting.com.au and also scopeiteducation.com.au. We shall see you next week, which will be in March. The footy starts pretty soon. Hopefully for the Gold Coast Titans, <laughs> they might be able to field a side. But just have a snort and run out there. Fingers crossed. Right. Yeah, fingers crossed. I'm just so glad. Well, touch wood <laughs> that the Sharks are nowhere near this mess. 
Oh, as yet. God, you never know, mate. I know. <laughs> as yet, know. I'm just so happy. Oh, last year was a mess, and I know what the Titans fans would be going through now. So I feel your pain. I feel your pain. All right. Thanks, everyone. We'll see, see you next episode. Thanks. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye.